back to your twilight phase. Listeners, welcome back. We're going to jump right back into the fray on Life and Death, the gender swap Twilight novel. We are so glad you're here for part two. Bo also asks so many more questions than Bella does. Like that was a main so complaint many more. that she does kind of fix. Um, but then you like resent it because it's like, well, right. why is Bo so much better at this than Bella was? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though this is a thing that I complained about that I'm glad you fixed. <laughs> I want to go back to more gender stuff. Let's talk about Port Angeles. Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay. Listeners, you remember that we went through that whole like weird laborious change where Stephanie Meyer at the very top made Bo like bump into someone in the airport. The right. reason that had to happen is because instead of Bella getting lost in Port Angeles and having to deal with like this like essential like rape threat being herded by these men you know she was like well Bo probably doesn't have to deal with sexual violence which is just like a true not to say that men don't deal with sexual violence but the threat of it is less uh present all the time for men especially in a public sort of um like sketchy alley kind of way yeah very different uh experience by gender there and so she was like how do I change this scene well, it's because someone in Port Angeles now associates Bo with cops, and they hate cops. <laughs> so Bo's walking down the street in this, like, alley, and he sees what seems to be, like, a drug deal happen. Uh, and one of the, like, people are like, wait, I recognize him. He's a cop. So then they decide to murder him. <laughs> um, Stephanie really said honest- lives matter. To be honest, I didn't even put together the, like, early bizarre episode at the airport and this cop thing. I was just, like, like, it was so insignificant that I didn't even put that together. And, yeah, it just really read very oddly to me that they were, like, calling him a cop and, like, being really aggressive at him because they thought he was a cop. Like, right. The language that they use is so funny. So first they say, it's a cop. And Bo turns, goes the other way. Hey, pig, a woman's voice called from behind me. Uh, Bo is like, I'm sorry, do you mean me? Sorry, is that your favorite word or something? Uh, And then Bo's like, oh, I recognized her. She was with the guy I'd knocked with my my bag when I first arrived in Port Angeles. Are you going to call for backup? officer he asked but i was like i think you've got the wrong guy where's my favorite one she goes you think your plain clothes get up fools me i saw you with your cop partner vice oh my god and he goes what no that was my dad and she's like you're just a baby pig (laughs) this whole scene is like loses it loses all tension because it's so bizarre and distracting and like you're just thinking about how scary this scene actually is for Bella who would face actual harassment on the street and this version of it makes no fucking sense and then it's like avoiding I don't know the fear of a woman being raped in an alley with like the fear that cops like (laughs) being associated with cops like what the fuck yeah it's very blue lives matter and because they need to like actually put Bo in danger they add a gun of course right. yes. um the, 
Which the woman smiled. How's that pirate song go? Dead men tell no tales. What? <laughs> so it's like so, just so cartoonish. And then he literally gets a gun pulled on him. So then Edith, you know, sweeps in and saves the day and saves Bo. Edith seems way closer to like actually doing something to them than Edward for some reason. Like I just read her temper as like a lot more intense. And because of the gun, it's, like, even weirder that both forgets about it so soon. Like, he yeah. just gets so wrapped up in dinner with Edith, which, like, fair, because Bella does the same thing. But he had a gun pointed at him, and he's just like, oh, yeah, that happened. That happens it? all the time. It really is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so bizarre. There's a moment Edith says, are you hurt at all, Bo? No. Are you? She goes, of course I'm not hurt. <laughs> he's he's not asking about how you are physically he knows that you weren't shot like (laughs) there's a moment i wrote Bo has more agency than bella which i think is true throughout the book Mm. um there's a part where actually it's on page 183 they're like hanging out in the car or something um and Bo is leaning in to try to kiss Edith, where Bella never did that. Bella right. never, like, went for the kiss. Um, but Bo has more agency because he is a boy. Yeah. But in this scene so where they're in the car. if Stephanie had done this intentionally, but we know that she did not. Yeah. Right, because she claims that only 5% are right. as a result of Bo being a boy. Right. Which is hilarious that she thinks that she can catalog those changes also. Right. And, like, well, put also, a numerical amount on them. If you're gonna try, why would she claim 5% is because he's a boy? That makes no sense. Like, the amount of things we've already listed are like, oh, well, that's because that has to be because, oh, it just, it makes no sense. She's, like, if we didn't have this forward, we could be giving her so much more credit. Right. But because she wrote this forward and was like, well, the point of this exercise is that these changes are not because he's a boy. And so we can point to everything that's because he's a boy and be like, Steph, right. what are you talking about? You're dumb, dumb. Massive changes. I want to throw out there to the listeners, just in case they're curious, obviously Edith's jacket wouldn't fit Bo because she's just so <laughs> teensy. <laughs> she's just so itsy bitsy and petite. Uh, so she has to give him a scarf instead. A scarf? Archie's Archie scarf. Archie's scarf. It's her brother's wear. So it's still a, a boy scarf. scarf. Yeah. It's still yeah. a boy scarf. But Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so stupid. I cannot handle this book. And like, why would Archie like leave a scarf in the car? Like they They don't even need oh, scarves. Like, oh, and then Edith pays for their meal and she says, try not to get caught up in antiquated gender roles. so that's just stephanie being like see edith is still gonna pay because edith's the rich one okay i know what's going on here oh my god (laughs) girlfriend is oblivious (laughs) oh my god it makes me laugh so hard it's great um edith is a lot more upfront about the ways that she's dangerous than edward is Hmm. Edith actually says, so Edward also says, your number was up the first day I met you. 
Um, but Edith says, your number was up the first day I met you. It's not twice. You've almost died. It's three times. The first time I saved you, it was from myself. Yeah, um, that's a new line. That's just a lot more direct. And later when they're in the lunchroom having that lunch together, uh, which is what you do in lunchrooms, uh, <laughs> she says, don't you see, Bo? It's one thing for me to make myself miserable, but a wholly other thing for you to be so involved. I think Edward also says that line. Then she goes on to say, I don't want to hear that you feel that way. It's wrong. It's not safe. I'll hurt you, Bo. You'll be lucky to get out alive. So Bella intuits a lot of stuff. Bella is like, you're dangerous. Like Bella is putting pieces together from Edward's like cryptic little hints. But to Olivia's point about all of this being so overwritten, like these aren't cryptic hints. Edith is just like, I will kill you. You (laughs) will be lucky to get out of knowing me alive Mm -hmm. and yeah like i said before i think um a lot of Bo's increased agency is asking more questions which again i'm like i'm glad to hear the answers to them but it does make Bo come across differently like you finally get the admission he asks do you miss other parts about being human and she acknowledges sleep is one never-ending consciousness gets tedious i think i'd enjoy temporary oblivion like thank you like all of twilight i was like she's just gonna give up sleeping like i love sleeping why is nobody (laughs) talking about how much it sucks that you can't sleep (laughs) and you finally get that here but it's at the cost of Bo being like i don't know having like more information and more agency this whole time it also a weird comparison digs into their other sacrifices a lot more like how much harder it is to watch everyone you love grow old and die while you stay young Mm -hmm. they dig into that a significant amount and not just at the very end there's more of it throughout i guess that could be like maybe we could give stephanie the benefit of the doubt if we were going to and say she always it's clear from this whole book that she always imagined this as a single exercise like she was never gonna write the rest of the books like this like not only is this if twilight were gender swapped it's also if twilight were the only book in the series that's true um, which is which is why it changes so drastically at the end which we'll get to but i guess you know we could be like well if it's only gonna be one book she does have to cram in like some of the issues that get dealt with later in the twilight saga into this one book for the ending to make sense okay i do want to can we talk about the ending now though because i'm very curious yes wait wait we have at least one more thing that we have to dig into before we get to the end one of my personal things that i think we need to talk about is um edith sparkling yes which I think reads so differently than it does in Twilight. Like in Twilight, it's just like he was sparkling. It was like he was made of diamonds. It was beautiful. And in Life and Death, it's like two pages. What? It's like yeah, wait, wait, find pages. It. It's on page two hundred two, the beginning of. I literally flipped to it the moment you said it. I realized she hadn't caught on fire. The light blazed off her skin, danced in prism-like rainbows across her face and neck, down her arms. She was so bright that I had to squint, like I was trying to stare at the sun. This was the kind of beauty you worshipped. The kind you built temples for and offered sacrifices to. He asks, does that hurt you? And she says, no. Um, 
on the, the sun next page. laid off her skin, refracting and magnifying every color light could hold. Like, it just continues and continues. Yeah, below that, it's like, while my fingers were touching her, the reflections of the fire flickered against my skin, and suddenly my hand wasn't mediocre anymore. She really was like, all right. People had a problem with me not using a vampire <laughs> mythology. Well, guess what? Here's where people got the idea that vampires burst into fire in the sun. It's because they're so beautiful. The way they sparkle actually looks like flames. Maybe, like, or maybe it what? was like the criticism that people were like, they're just fucking glittering. Like they can walk around glittering. Nobody would give a fuck. Maybe she was <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. It's not just glittering. She looks like she's refracting the light of the sun and she looks like she's on fire okay she can't just walk around (laughs) i don't know i don't i don't i don't know stephanie was like i really told him okay i really (laughs) told him on the next page 204 um bo is describing you know her glittery fire even more uh and he says (laughs) I had a new definition of beauty and I just really thought about how it seemed like seeing her would ruin your life. Like, <laughs> like nothing is ever beautiful ever again because you've seen something so gorgeous that like beauty is ruined for you. Well, I guess that backs up why he has to end up with her no matter the sacrifices. True. It is, it's more like worshipy. It's more like... I don't like it. I don't know, like feminine mythologized beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking succubus More than shit. it is for Edward. Yeah, it's succubus stuff. And it really does feel creepy in a way. <laughs> like I know that people talk about Twilight being creepy and like Edward like sneaking into her house. Yes, that is creepy. But like the meadow wasn't creepy. Like the way no. that Bella described Edward in the right. meadow was not creepy. But like this is like truly like, it feels icky. weird yeah it's icky i'm like off put by the way this dynamic is described i found myself much less into edith than i was into edward and i like i don't know like i don't know if that's some sort of weird like I gendered mean, instincts that have been put in me or if it's how edith comes across like i think she- it's a combination I think so, too. Like, she comes across really cool, I think, in a way that Edward never was genuinely cool. Like, Edward was always, like, broody and, like, sort of unattainable. And evil. But, yeah, but, like, kind of pathetic and moody and, like, weird. And Edith seems cool. And I found myself imagining her as a blonde, even though I know that's not true. And she talks about her metallic hair all the time. I do know that which celebrity Stephanie Meyer envisioned for each of these <gasps> characters, by the way. Oh, my God. I, I did as part of my research. Oh, do we want to go into it now? Yeah. Please give us the rundown. Okay. Um, hilariously, MTV covered this. Um, <laughs> on, let me pull it. I can tell you first off that uh, Edith is envisioned as Emma Stone. Oh, okay. Huh. I mean... That's right. why she's so, like, delicate. Very true. Emma Stone has that definite delicate that, like, vibe and also, delicate, like, vulnerable hair. vibe. Yep. Um, but she's also funny. And Edith <laughs> right, is, like, right. funny. She's not that funny. But she's definitely cool. Emma Stone she's is cool, cool in a way that Edward is. Okay. Edward is not cool. 
Bo is Logan Lerman. Who the shit? Um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh. Uh, What's his name? Percy Logan Jackson. Lerman. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I've Googled Logan Lerman. Very, like, boyish. Yes. I mean, I think, yeah. like, as far as sort of, like... I guess. Kind regular boy goes. Yeah. Yeah. He has that vibe. Okay. Um, Archie is Nicholas Holt. What any of these people? Nicholas Holt dated Jennifer Lawrence. Um, was also in the X Men movies with her. Was in that zombie movie. Um, I'm not seeing it, but fine. No, I imagined Archie is like such a tiny person because Alice is such a tiny person. I mean, I really one of the things I noted in the beginning of this book when she describes all these characters. Yeah, I mean, okay, there's a lot. I don't really like how she described any of the characters in in Life and Death. Like, she describes Archie as a skinhead guy. And skinhead guy, to me, screams, like, school shooters type of, like, white Like, neo-Nazi. Yeah, neo-Nazi, exactly. Um, So, I instantly, after reading that sentence, like, did not want anything to do with Archie. So, um, interesting... (laughs) choice here for nicholas holt um royal is liam hemsworth uh-huh makes sense but then yeah, like sure. she kind of like tries to keep the emmett character who's eleanor like also really athletic and strong right yes and she does say eleanor is gina carano um and i had to look her up she was in Haywire. She looks like kind of like she would be in a UFC fighter, and actually, she oh, might nice. be. Cool. Yeah, um, she looks like she could, you know, beat fight. some people up, but also is really hot. So I feel this. Um, but also, like Rose, I don't know. It's like the girls became like super athletic, strong, right boys, and then the boys had to become super athletic strong girls so they're just like all even more super strong and athletic right it i I don't like it but i definitely want to talk at some point about how vampires are overpowered uh and that comes through even more in life and death than it does twilight like like they're too cool like they're too strong yeah they're too strong they're too fast their hearing is too good and yet when it's convenient it doesn't apply Like, in the hotel room, they should have been able to hear every single detail of that call uh, with the tracker. But, like, oh, suddenly our hearing's not good anymore. Like, what? Absolutely. And there's only one more list in this article. She cast Joss as Tatiana Maslany of Orphan um, Black. That's James. Yes. Yeah. I've never seen Orphan Black, but... Me she neither, but Tatiana can do anything, so right. that kind of tracks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. I like, don't know. None of these descriptions really matched, though, with what what I read in the first, you know, chapter of this in the book. Beginning. Archie definitely gets a lot more play, and like she says in the foreword, it is clear that she has realized more of what it would actually mean to see the future like that would obviously change everything like how everything works in your life if you can watch the future so that want, comes through a lot more 
I want to dig into that, but since that is where, like, the end really begins, I want to do just, like, a few little popcorn things, like, like a speed run, and then we should jump into the end. Sure. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, page 50, uh, where Bo says, I don't like to lie, so there'd better be a good reason why I'm doing it. Bella says that exact same thing, and it occurred to me this time around, like, that doesn't seem true. Bella lies all the fucking time. <laughs> like, time. what are you talking about? Um, page 59, I heard a knock on my passenger side window. Stephanie Meyer did not fix that. Yes, I wrote detail. that down. She did not write down that Taylor Tyler walks around to the wrong side of the car. She didn't do it. She didn't makes no it. sense. The things that she chose not to fix. Yeah. Baffling. Uh, there were definitely she, like the same number of references to like I don't know being crazy or insane like she didn't bother to change any of that no she kept the albino jokes too yep she kept this she actually added this really great offensive line where (laughs) Edith is holding them up in the parking lot so that Bo has to be asked out um Bo says it I was actually angry angry that she had to be so beautiful angry that her beauty had made her cruel what oh what 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 (laughs) um she does not have any female superheroes to compare edith to so she just still uses clark kent and peter parker as her (laughs) comparisons to edith extremely Uh funny um Edith helping Bo after biology, just like the image of this teeny tiny little girl, like basically holding him up. <laughs> Hilarious. They're so bad at blending in. It makes no sense. <laughs> also, uh, Bo insists that he has a weak vasovagal system. It's just a gnarly mediated syncope. Like he has what? like this weird obsession with like knowing the medical term for fainting so that he can like defend oh, himself so when he faints he's so not that it's a not boy like that faints he's not like a boy that faints and swoons yeah, yeah it's not his fault it's his weak vasovagal system <laughs> Jesus. uh when we learn the name of edith's parents i don't really remember them clearly kareen and ernest have been my parents for a long time now i just wrote down oh no because i didn't like those names <laughs> Oh, and we didn't talk about uh, Jacob becomes Jules, um, and it doesn't change too much through the beginning since there's not too much Jacob in this book. Um, but when Bo tries to get the story out of Jules on the beach, he doesn't. There's none of that like weird flirting thing where Belle is like, "Well, I guess I'll like try to flirt and like see if it works to get Jacob to talk to me." Like he doesn't do that. He's just like a normal ass person and asks her. <laughs> yeah. There's this really sweet line about Jules, which is, with Jules, you would always be in on the joke. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, I want Jules, Jules to be my friend. Yeah. Top of chapter seven, Nightmare. I told Charlie I had a lot of homework to do and that I'd filled up at La Push and didn't want dinner. I wrote, but who will feed Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie is apparently fine in this book. Yeah, he's he's doing A-okay. Um... A part that jumped out at me at the beginning was that Bo is a boy, and so therefore he doesn't cry. Oh, um, yep. That's like, that. yeah, there's this part um, where Bella 
comes back after you know her first day at, at high school and it's just like I hate this place um and she cries because you know she's frustrated and whatever and it changes in life and death to let me find the exact page oh I found it it's on page nine um Bo says I didn't sleep well that night even after I finally got my head to shut up and I was just like god because boys can't cry in private in bed at night I was like Jesus like I'm Stephanie why Stephanie why there's a similar line before that too where Bella's driving to school and it's like fighting tears the whole way or like driving home or something and Bo is just like I was driving, trying to think of nothing at all. <laughs> Boys yeah, don't cry. Interesting. Um, Melissa, I also want, wanted to point out that uh, Bo's favorite color is not topaz, but gold. Um, uh... I think that she, I don't know if she realized that topaz comes in a lot of different colors. Right, and right. To just go in on the gold thing or what? But right. I thought of you. <laughs> Okay, so she's fixed one singular thing <laughs> that we brought up. Wow, cool. I'm glad that in the past when Stephanie wrote this, she had clearly listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a great moment where Michaela is like hanging out with Bo again, and Bo is really just trying to like get Michaela off his back. And he's like, It's really cool that you went out with Jeremy on Monday. He said it was great, uh, which is a lie because Bo hadn't spoken to Jeremy about it. And Michaela's like, really? And he says, yeah, remember, I didn't tell you anything. Like, I totally didn't tell you he thinks you're the coolest girl he's ever known. And she's like, man code, right. Like, Bo, you can easily get caught in that lie. Like, if they start dating, she's gonna be like, oh, yeah, he, like, kind of let it slip that you said. Like, you're, you can get caught in that. Why would you... That was unnecessary. Just be like, yeah, he said it was fun. Stop <laughs> there. Um, I hate that Taylor comes off as like insane. Like yep. Tyler came off as like misguided and weird. Really but Taylor me. comes off as insane. Like she's already bought her prom dress. Yeah, right. Like, totally. It's really unnecessary and very bizarre and there's gender stuff involved there for right. sure tyler was endearing and well-intentioned like oh don't be too hard on him and yeah i'm getting the major vibe that taylor is just like yo do not let her make this crazy i mean i haven't actually read any of this book <laughs> so i can't speak from authority on any of it but um i'm definitely getting major less like Oh, these boys, like, they just like Bella. They're so cute. And more yeah. like, these girls are like crazy and problematic. And, right. right. Yeah. Uh, we absolutely must talk about how they run together. Um, Edith, as we know, is so petite and tiny, and Bo is huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and so when, when Edith is running with Bo on her back, uh, Bo says, I knew I must look like a gorilla on a greyhound. <laughs> what? <laughs> so funny the way it's described him like clamoring Stephanie up on Meyer, the back. Like, inputted her own spider monkey shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was bizarre. That was the thing 
thing Twilight had going for us in the movie and put in this weird spider monkey shape. We're like, okay, but that wasn't in the book. But Stephanie here has chosen to put in some weird-ass animal reference. That is so unnecessary. Uh, Kareen, the way that Kareen was changed was completely different. Yeah. But, like, Kareen was unusually educated for a woman in those days. Like, puts in all this stuff. Um, the vampire, like, instead of being distracted by someone else and moving on, like, purposefully changes Kareen in order to hurt her father and Mm -hmm. does so in, like, the most sadistic way possible. Mm -hmm. Really weird. Yeah. Um, an iconic line that we should appreciate, they kept... Day. Stephanie Meyer kept vampires like baseball. It's the American pastime. <laughs> Gotta keep it. Uh, a very fun Charlie moment when Bo tells him that they're gonna go play baseball. Charlie like pretends to wipe tears out of his eyes because he's like so happy that his son cares about a sport suddenly. Oh my god! And, like I mean, sports are stupid, but that's funny, and I love Charlie no matter what. So. <laughs> Another thing about vampires being overpowered, why doesn't the baseball break apart every time they hit it? Like, if a human hits a home run, sometimes, like, the baseball, like, flaps open, right? Like, any vampire hit should completely destroy it. I mean, the baseball being, like, its skin coming off is kind of, like, a myth of, you know, I don't know, like, Babe Bruce, like, he was such a good baseball player that he knocked the skin off of his baseball but it's not really like a thing that happens maybe they make their own balls and bats in order to play with i would imagine they'd have to like if you're playing with like a regular wooden bat like the bat itself would break break. every time yeah if these bases seem impossibly far apart but they can literally travel miles in seconds there's no way that this like field is big enough to actually like none of it makes sense vampires are overpowered (laughs) these books would be better if vampires were stronger than humans but not as strong as they are right now flaws yeah they have like no flaws yeah um a favorite moment we're like getting to the end now is when Bo is like like the tracker's coven has arrived Mm -hmm. and Bo is like watching the standoff between Edith and Joss and Mm -hmm. Bo is like Edith told me to stay still, so I would, unless someone tried to hurt her. Bo, what do you think you're going to do? Right. Yeah, you're in the midst of a bunch of vampires. I felt like this scene was an example of where um, suddenly there's a bunch of women squaring off against each other. And it just made me realize that in Twilight, it could have been a bunch of women squaring off. And it just never is. Like, all of the main right. players are men in twilight and her point here is like well it could have been women and it's like yeah it could have been right like you could have just done that in the first place right like this is kareen and edith and eleanor being like sort of at the forefront against joss and lauren with like victor in the background and it's like yeah that could it it could have been you could have written that way the first time around that's not what you wrote so it's just like makes me notice even more right what she didn't do the last thing that she added that I think that we should briefly touch on before we dig into this ending, um, Melissa, I really wish your camera were on so I could see your face as we <laughs> tell you this. 
she added a bunch of stuff about Ernest, so that's Esme's past life, that personally I had never wondered about. But like, <laughs> we know that Esme jumped off the cliff because she lost her baby. Right. Ernest. Ernest's like wife was like alcoholic and abusive and jumped off the cliff holding their child when she was two years old and Ah. Ernest was so distraught that he followed them Ah, what? yeah I was like wow I never ever wondered about what Esme's husband had been like I just like never thought about it whatsoever uh but I didn't expect that I mean that feels wholly unnecessary but I mean I think that way about a lot of things in this book (laughs) Hey, 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 you made it this far. You cannot miss the ending. You might think you know what happens at the end of Life and Death, but you have to hear us discuss all the gory details. See you next episode. Get in touch with us whenever you'd like at twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and at twilightphasepodcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Olivia Valcarce, cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Warren. We'll be back next week. And if you don't like that, you can fight me.